1: The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this melting pot and enjoy the chats. Hi listeners, welcome to another weekly episode of Melting Pot. A series of conversations with some very passionate people who I think are tirelessly working towards making a difference. My guest today is Terry Lee. Terry founded the Arts Seasons Gallery in 2001 in Singapore. And in fact, that's where we're seated now um, to have this conversation. It's quite interesting because it's in, in an industrial space. So, of course, I'm going to ask Terry a lot more about that. But Terry has relentlessly pursued... Promoting contemporary Chinese and Asian art. In fact, I have read somewhere, and I—I I mean, after all the research that I have done, I think that he's probably a pioneer um, in Singapore when it comes to promoting Chinese and Asian art. So, thank you so much for um, talking to me today, Terry.
0: Thank you for having me. Uh, pleasure to uh, be in this. Uh, Sort of melting Pots.
1: Melting
0: Pots. <laughs> so, from my love for art started actually way back in 1995, uh, where I was still in corporate. Uh, and I, I started to collect my first painting, Burmese painting actually, my first visit to Yangon, to the Peugeot Market, which is a famous uh, antiquity market. And that first painting I bought was... Uh, small wing guy wing guy wing guy yeah. okay. wing
1: guy okay
0: wing guy portrait of a Burmese dancer so immediately I fall in love with the the, uh, the beauty and the the um, exquisite uh, realm of uh, painting at that time so one work becomes two works and becomes ten so work. you
1: actually started as a personal Collect-
0: Collector. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, as because my my life in corporate, I was with a company called Swarovski. I was the uh, CEO of Asia Pacific then. So, it took me a lot of opportunity to travel to the regions from Asia Pacific, and uh, and I started collecting quite a lot of paintings. In no time, I, I was stuffing about fifty paintings in my small house. Or Chop our first. Metropolitan house with my wife and my boy was just screaming, uh, What what you could do with all these paintings in the house and then the end of the time I was like hmm? and then why well, do I open a gallery? Uh, so there you okay. are in I Found a beautiful uh, building in Five German Lane, which was still under construction by local architect, and that was building was actually a conservation building which I was fortunate to see that was still under construction and I managed to buy the bu- buy the building. And oh, you
1: bought the building? The <laughs> okay. I, I was thinking you rented a space there. No, 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 You just, was <laughs> you just it was, bought the building. It was,
0: okay. it was such a...
1: Impulse? Impulse.
0: And there we are, my first car is at Fine Given Lane. And the building happens because of the box. And it's, so you want the uh, 2000... Uh, UI architecture Award for small commercial building. So this way where art season was situated then in 2001.
1: Oh and then what happened to that building? I'm curious.
0: And subsequently, you know, uh, in the early 2000s of contemporary art, the works get bigger and bigger. The uh, works that stretches from 3 meters to 5 meter works or sculpture that grew from uh, 500 meters MM sculpture to a three, four-meter sculpture. And that was a trend then for, for contemporary art, big, very ostentious and very loud. And my little building, in Lane, is, is a is a structure title that stretched to four, four-story. Okay. And that cannot accommodate my uh, contemporary works that we are working, especially Chinese artists like Zhu Wei, like Li uh, Jin who does three to four meter works. And then our, our next move, my next move was to Go into Ubi. There's a building called Tec- uh, Ubi Technolink, and I bought two of the warehouse spaces. And in two thousand four, we relocated to uh, the Ubi uh, Technolink, which has a suspense of seven thousand five hundred square feet. Uh, okay, LB. and you still
1: have that space? No. 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 Okay.
0: Uh, there was uh, was due. This was a downturn in 2009 2010, Yeah. Yeah. Where the financial market heat and then we then we also, then we also reduces the uh, the space of the gallery itself.
1: And that's when you moved here to this warehouse. Right. Okay, and, and industrial uh, buildings. I mean, I just want the listeners to, to bear in mind that this is an industrial building, so you will hear different sounds in the background. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think, you know, just ignore it because what's more important is the interesting journey that Terry has has been following. And so am I right in referring to you as the pioneer in Singapore for bringing in contemporary Asian and Chinese art?
0: During the late 1990s, the contemporary movement, especially in, in China, was, was tremendous uh, in terms of the, 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 the pop iconography and the of Mao Zedong's post uh, Mao Zedong era was very much used in the contemporary art in China. And that also re- re- runs through so into Southeast Asia as well. So uh, we, then we see that it's a, a big interest in uh, uh, Chinese contemporary art. So we brought in many exhibitions uh, to Singapore uh, to cater for the Southeast Asia market. As you know, Singapore is a gateway for many art collectors from Indonesia, primarily uh, Philippines, Thailand and Malaysia as well. So we, we, we did many of the shows like Ye Chin Show, the iconic Gucci uh, uh, artists of them. Uh, we do uh, we, Zang show shows, we do quite many of the, the top tiers of the Chinese artists then. But, you
1: know, okay, so how did you, uh, did you have to go to China and actually source out this art? How did you get connected with all these amazing artists?
0: Yeah, uh, we do a lot of visits to, to, to China, to the studios uh, in, in Beijing. Then, the contemporary uh, artists are situated in two, two, two territory. One located in Beijing, one is in uh, Chongqing. Because uh, these are the two cities where they are the Central, Central Academy of Fine Art located in Beijing and the Sichuan Academy of Fine Art, which are two Most important uh, art academy in where we find we find most of artists of our present emerging are all graduating from these two.
1: And how uh, easy or tough was it for you to get the artists to bring their works because they were emerging, uh, they are or were emerging artists and. Was there any resistance, or were they happy to move away from China and want to showcase their art in you know, in a place like Singapore? Like what you've mentioned, it is a hub and a feeder city country for a lot of the other Southeast yeah. Asian countries.
0: Going back to the early 2000s, many things happen quite quickly, especially the emerging economies of China. At the same time, the culture industry is also opening up. But we have that window of time between 2000 and 2006 or seven, where a lot of artists want to showcase their work outside China. Then there are not many international galleries or local galleries are promoting the Chinese uh, artists itself. So we have that window of 6 to 7 years where the artists are very keen and uh, they would like to work with a uh, a reputable or galleries that has an interest of promoting their kind of uh, contemporary art outside China, be it Southeast Asia which is uh, quite an important place for them and uh, of course uh, Japan and Korea so uh, two countries, that Taiwan three other countries that are very interested then con- Chinese contemporary, of course then Western world of Americans and, and uh, the UK UK, right Also uh, so going to that, then we will because of the, as I say, there is a uh, the opening up of China market, opening of, a, uh, and so the they have a lot of go with the economic situation of Southeast Asia. So the interest of contemporary art in the late 1990s almost hit a tremendous height in early 2000. Collectors from all over the world are suddenly uh, open to Asian contemporary works, and even to the aspect. And our pick in two thousand six seven art seasons have a gallery in Zurich, Beijing seven by eight, which we still we still have it. And uh, we have a gallery in Seoul and also Jakarta. So we have actually five locations during, during the
1: Zurich also you yes, still yeah. have yeah. okay. But
0: after the two thousand of the inflation uh, yeah. situation, we because of the uh, downturns of the economy and the moving away from the contemporary uh, rhyme of uh, arts, We slowly we abandoned Zurich, soul and Jakarta, just keeping Singapore and Beijing now. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, is there some? What is your thought process when you source this art? I mean, now of course, art season must be very, very well known amongst the contemporary artists in China. Do you have? A certain sort of mindset. Is there a certain type of art that you focus on, or it's more all-encompassing? If there's something that you find interesting, you you know you just bring that in.
0: Yeah, actually, there's two phases of art seasons. In the beginning phases, our our show and exhibition or curated uh, team is actually quite wide. We where we actually go where the popular uh, artists are, so we are showcasing works that are in demand, works that is very uh, popular, from the institutions to the private collections. But after the the financial crisis, our uh, is changed completely from managing and selling of these established emerging artists to in 2010 11, we started to do young and emerging artists from the region. So, uh,
1: Uh, when you say from the region, you mean only from China? No, No, uh, no. Ah, that was going to be my next question.
0: uh, Our mix of uh, program now is basically we do about 70 80 percent Southeast Asian and balance uh, 20 30 percent Chinese with uh, one or two. Japanese, Korean coming in within that program. Our seasons, uh, most recognize our seasons as uh, a gallery where we always. Uh, our motto is: whenever our collectors or new new uh, audience comes to our gallery, they'll be very amazed and surprised by what we offer. In in two ways, one is basically, we are most of our works we show or exhibition artists. It's always we are always ahead. We don't do works or shows or artists of what other gallery have done before. So it, 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 we self-renew ourselves, basically. Of course, we do work with some artists with that has also worked with other gallery, but then it's more on a group curator level, where uh, we some we in, in time to time we invite guest curator and they have a hand to select and, and uh, curate to the space-specific. But about seventy percent, eighty percent of that majority are basically self-curated by our citizens, by myself and by curators. And uh, we don't conform to anyism. We don't go to. We don't say that we are a minimalist uh, gallery like some uh, gallery here, or we we don't say that we are basically focused on uh, international contemporary or modern. We will do. That socially, politically has some uh, weightage, but they always lean towards a bit more uh, fun, color, in, in that sense. So, what I want, what I do not want, uh, my uh, audience to come to us and to see things too seriously, mm-hmm. even if. Even we have a, a, a like even like this particular exhibition called Subhuman, which has very much to do with the current uh, Thai political situation with the, with the monarchy, with the, the Thai military government.
1: So uh, all that you have displayed yes, at the moment is yes, from Thailand. Yeah,
0: from Thailand. Okay. But then we see there is some kind of uh, fun. Uh, element to elements it. to it, the mm-hmm. colors, the fun. So we always lean towards that direction of what. So when, when it comes to art season, they, they always have it in mind, and they always, without coming, oh, I've seen this before. Oh, this I guarantee did this before. there was not so.
1: It's unique, it's unique to art season. That's correct. Oh, okay,
0: and we thank God we've been keeping this uh, for the last ten years or so. And actually this year we'll be celebrating our 20th anniversary. Wow.
1: <laughs> 20 years. That's amazing. Yeah. You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me, pio on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. From work, you know, from handling Swarovski for Southeast Asia, you completely had a very different leap of faith. faith. Yeah, absolutely. And And normally I feel that if there is conviction, it definitely heads in the right direction. And you've brought something different to Singapore. Which is why, I guess, you, you're known as a pioneer in, in, in this area. And that's quite, quite interesting. So, um, are you still buying art for yourself, personally? Yes, I still do,
0: but a bit more selective than before. Actually, talking about the leap of faith, I did actually my collecting experience started as I mentioned during, way back in yeah. 1995 yeah. and you just mentioned uh, I, I sometimes do things out of passion and then in 1995 we go into Yangdon very often because uh, we were starting a ruby cutting factories in Yangdon so I'm bringing all the resources, setting up the factory, setting up the uh, the uh, contact with the Burmese military which is I think to, today is today not, is not, not, <laughs> very, not very popular. Sometime, yeah, but then yeah. we were we were buying rubies because they were controlling the, the ruby mines now in Mogok and uh, so we are buying actually rubies from them and we recutting in the factory we we we, uh, we set up. So I did many trips into into uh, Yangon then and uh, fresh back to now I think also in the industry, they know that I probably have one of the best collection of Burmese modern art in in the region. Besides the National Gallery Gallery in Yangon and maybe one or two big collectors in in Burma. I think I have about 200 pieces of the uh, Burmese modern art from the late 1990s to the uh, early 2000s. Like Upanyang, Saya Chong, Saya So, Saya E, U Wingai. So, these are the current, uh, uh, the most important modern artists of that era. And as I say, what, what's the leap of faith? As I keep visiting, uh, in between my work, I was visiting most of the uh, galleries. And this, this one gallery called White uh, White Lotus Gallery, it's old copper. And they have 100 old pieces of. Beautiful Burmese modern work of Upan Yang, Ubinga, Sai Chung. Then I do not know what is the value and yeah. what are they. Yeah. What, why is it so why, why is it value? And uh, I, I, I bought like a piece of small painting for fifty dollars, maybe a bigger one for two hundred dollars. paperworks, Then the oil painting he was asking for thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. Then but I don't know why is it so expensive. Some old, dirty paintings or. So. And then I did some small, uh, small research, but then the information of such works was not so comprehensively available. And then, as you know, there's no internet, there's no variation. And uh, one of the visits, I think uh, six months online, the line, a couple asking, me, why don't you buy over my whole entire collection? And then I said, how much? He said, for 100,000. I said, you must be kidding. First, <laughs> I don't have that money. Yeah. Second... I don't know who I they are. I don't know who they are. <laughs> yeah. So, but but But, no, I, we, I've been visiting them, so I just buying small little things out on them. One day, out of... I don't know what hit me. But I, I, I usually bring money into Yangon because I was the CEO, and I, I used to bring like 100,000, 100, And the military colonel picked pick me up from the airport, and uh, we would just go straight to the the sourcing centre and we were just with my gemologist and everything <laughs>
1: it's a cash economy right cash economy. Yeah, yeah
0: and then because I think that particular day we did find what we want and I have a $50,000 cash with me no kidding
1: Singapore dollars or yeah. U- US US, US. Hmm.
0: I don't know what hit me like again then the next day we had some free time I went to see the, the, the couple and keep the $50,000 to them
1: and you bought the entire collection. Wow! <laughs> you
0: know what? And your wife
1: I, <laughs> must have when been I, completely freaked out. I
0: came <laughs> back to Singapore. I yeah. could really go to the bank to mortgage my place for overdraft. Oh. <laughs> because it's not my money, I had to pay the $50. Back, back to, to the, the company.
1: company. Oh my God!
0: <laughs> and this is how I started my permis.
1: And then uh, you realize that there was a lot of value to.
0: In, in, in the late 1990s, there still do not. There's still there are only few fragments of, uh, like say, the Fukuoka Asia Art Museum and Singapore Art Museum collecting f- bits and pieces, yeah. so, which are in a region of, let's say, two 000, three thousand dollars. But s- since then, I, I decided to have that collection. So I add I, 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 I add the collection to. From I think about 100 to about 200 now. And uh, currently a good Upanyan, which uh, is very rare, you can, you can you can fetch about 100 to 200,000 US and
1: What is it called again?
0: Ubanyan Upanyan. a small Ubanyan, so, yeah, it's U-banyan okay. boy, which is very very rare, you can you can fetch from 100,000 to 200,000 US dollars now.
1: But so all this is your personal, personal collection. Yes, yeah. And uh, so is it at home or is it...
0: It's the warehouse.
1: It's, oh my God. Yeah. So it's not even displayed. I, or do you we, switch we, it around? Uh, we,
0: we, 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 I did show over the year three shows just to educate uh, the uh, the public. About Burmese, Burmese art. And also currently we're working on the Burmese book now. Which okay. will probably, uh, hopefully... Could published by this year, it's all about Burmese modern art. So I'm also advising a couple of institutions on the Burmese art valuations and, and the curatorial aspects of it. So,
1: so you seem to have really moved away from China and no, I, I, I yeah, you, you separate yeah, them.
0: The, but art season basically is a very contemporary uh, art career, we don't do anything that's modern. So modern, I use a personal name of myself as, as, as a kind of a, a felicitator.
1: Okay. Hmm, yeah. interesting. How has 2020 impacted your business?
0: It's been 2020, I think, uh, impacted many business. I think gallery is probably one of the also worst hit. Because as you know, the, the last three to five years, the gallery business has been very much... Into art fairs, into uh, spaces, uh, spaces outside the gallery, and especially art fairs, and uh, also in Singapore per say, a lot of Singapore galleries cus- customers are also in the region. Eh? So we have kind of the double whammy where we cannot go out to do art fairs, mm-hmm. at the same time we have people cannot coming in to to buy arts. Even that we, since the last six months, we've tried to do a lot of digital virtual yeah. reality, but it still takes time. Because if you're doing, a, let's say, a very blue chip like a, like, like Damien Hirst or, or Basquiat, it's much easier because a lot of people know who, who are they. And with, with the right uh, buying from, right platform, and company or gallery, they always have a lot of prominence. And, and, yeah, yeah. and usually all these important art platforms, they got ratings. So usually like us by a five star rating. So when people look into such kind of platform, it's quite secure to buy because they always have guarantees and this and that. But doing emerging artists young is a bit difficult because a lot of people doesn't see their works so often, they don't really see them that visually impaired. So they really want to see that physical work. Even yeah in a region of few thousand dollars to ten, twenty thousand dollars. So this is where I think it takes time. To go digital, go online for S few But you're working towards it. Working towards it, but I think it's still very tough. I think 2022 is probably one of the worst uh, year we have compared to 2008-9. When
1: the financial crisis happened,
0: yeah. Yeah. And uh, like for example, for the whole 2002, most of are cancer. So we've already seen even today. Bottom African, Art Baza, Hong Kong, Taipei, they were supposed to happen in January, March, they all moved to September. So meaning that so the revenue stream of a lot of galleries are suffering and even though as I mentioned they, they offer digital uh, platforms platform and yeah. so on. Yeah, yeah. I think the I think the, the big galleries with us a lot of broad chip artists, I think they, they continue They're okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. But yeah. galleries like us, uh, with us, Yang Young Jin, I think politics sometimes to recover.
1: Mm. but also I guess there's curiosity you know for there could be fatigue from uh, you know the, the artists who are well known and I'm sure there are a lot of people who are now maybe they can't afford uh, art which is so expensive and so they are looking at yes, uh, yeah. new artists <laughs> yeah. yes
0: even having said that we have doing more with the young artists Artists that I think, $10,000 and below, we see more sales coming up. Yeah. Artists that in the region of, let's say, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000, we still are also considering emerging artists are a bit more difficult, as I say. So there are more people coming into, really looking to the young artist sector. But as we say, we are we a are commercial gallery, so in total, we are still struggling as compared to 2019.
1: Yeah, but yeah. I guess But it's I, I, I think
0: it's a, it's a long term. I was I always encourage customers or collectors or enthusiasts to see art in a long term. So I think this pandemic will probably take another, maybe, if hopefully another nine months to go over. And I think the visual art will come back much, much bigger as before.
1: Yeah, and a lot stronger. A lot stronger. Yeah, yeah. I
0: think uh, when I think of course, the, the vaccines, the uh, all this will help. Yeah, and I think visual will come much much strong because art, art as is culture, are a very essential part of a modern society like Singapore or the region.
1: Yeah, yeah. On that positive note <laughs> thank you so much Terry for talking to me and wish you all the very best and I'm sure this too shall pass and uh, you clearly, as you mentioned leap of faith I'm sure there's something else which is waiting to happen something good so um, good luck with that.
0: Thank you Yeah, to, to, and then I think art has arts always give us a lot of possibility from Visually mindset or in the, in the, in the critical or academia part of it, art has such a wide domain and uh, depth and grief, especially in the contemporary, right? I think this is something uh, we very much look forward as galleries. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. You Thank you. <laughs>
1: Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Terry from being a private collector to it becoming a passion for him is quite an interesting story and journey. For more weekly chats, do listen to Melting Pot on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts and follow us on YouTube and on Instagram at Podcast Melting Pot. Until the next episode, this is Pyle signing off.